Welcome to the Savage Fincast, episode 84, a return to our Fincast offshoot format called Finterviews. This will be a periodic bonus podcast in addition to our monthly issue reviews. This format focuses on interviews with artists, writers, industry insiders, or just friends in general. What they all have in common is a love of Savage Dragon and the work of Eric Larson. So just to remind you of who we are as your hosts, I'm Craig Olson. I'm Jim Purcell. And I'm Raven Perez. So we're super excited to have today's guest, Michelle Fife, back on the show. We last spoke with him on, I believe, episode 15 back in 2013. Correct. And uh, for the few not in the know, Michelle is the cartoonist behind the critically acclaimed Copra comic, which was once self-published and now published through Image. And that's kind of the big thing coming up. Uh and since we last spoke with him, he's gotten some real high-profile gigs working with writing Marvel's Ultimates, working on Rob Liefeld's Bloodstrike comic, and IDW's G.I. Joe uh, comic, among others. Uh, so I can't wait to get into that. So let's uh, welcome uh, Michelle to the show. Thanks for joining us. What is up? I missed you guys. It's been a while. <laughs> it really has. Like I couldn't believe how long it was since we six talked. years. You said. I, I mean, it feels it feels like six, just yesterday, six but and a half. I think February was. Uh, I think like Copra number. What was it? Five or six or something? Had just yeah. come out. And you you're on. If you don't count the specials, thirty one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did thirty one issues, and now this new Copra number one coming out through images, kind of like a number thirty two. Well, uh, you left us on a cliffhanger, so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I know. That's uh, I'm treating it like like nothing ever happened. <laughs> you know, like a two year hiatus never happened. That's for the oh. best. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to keep the legacy number, numbering in some capacity, you know. But still, I think a number one made sense for me because so much time had passed, and, you know, this is this is kind of a new chapter. In, in in the life of Copra. So it, it's still the same story and the same characters, but I mean, it's a different world, you know, since when right. I last left it. Definitely. Sure. So we, we've got, we've got a lot to talk about because we do it. definitely haven't talked to you about blood strike, which was awesome. Uh, you know, the GI Joe miniseries that just came out, which was cool, which I've never really bought a GI Joe comic since 1980, whatever before <laughs> that. Um, so I, I do really want to get into it. This being a Savage Dragon podcast, we like to have our guests come on and talk a little bit about their experience with Savage Dragon. We know that you're a big fan of of Eric Larson and Savage Dragon. You did the the Savage Dragon funnies, and we interviewed you about that. Um, And we just thought it would be fun to kind of talk to you about how you got into Savage Dragon, some of your favorite things about Dragon, and then we'll jump in and, and talk about your new series coming out, which, you know, I can't wait to get into that as well. So... Were you a, were you a kind of a ground level? Did you get in on the ground floor with Savage Dragon when that came out? Oh yeah, yeah. I was a I was a mark for all of Image Comics, for sure. I was the right age. I was the right demographic. Everything. I was a, the the right kind of fan because I was a Marvel fan, and I I followed those guys specifically at Marvel. And then when they made the jump to Image, it was just a natural sort of evolution from what they were doing. Right, how, how, and and Larson was, you know, one of my favorites, one of the top three of of the guys that I followed pretty religiously. Who were the other two? Uh, Liefeld and McFarlane. 
Nice. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. For the sure. Ones. The good ones. For sure. The others I, I would dip in once in a while, but I never really fell in love. You know, I, I liked them, but the ones I really followed and would, you know, draw from their panel, you know, from whatever page that caught my eye, you know, would be Todd, Rob, and Eric. And so Savage Dragon 1 came out, and that was, uh, I mean, that, it blew my mind. It was awesome. It was such a personalized item, you know. Uh, so that's the one that kind of stuck with me the longest. That's the one I would always like return to, even when I took a break from comics or uh, just stopped collecting altogether. That I would always think about Dragon, and it helped because he never stopped making it. You know, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to the other books, they kind of took, you know, Youngblood took a break here and there. Uh, Todd stopped drawing Spawn, so I mean, what was the draw there? You know what I mean? Right, right. right. Um, so Dragon was it, man. I, I just clicked with his sensibilities more. Right. You know, in terms of like his influences, the way he drew, what kind of stories he told. Um, I just, I, I liked it all. So yeah, I was, I was at the, I was like right there. You, at, you, day one. You stopped collecting for a period. You said. A little bit, yeah. You know, throughout high school, then uh, after graduating, you know, money's tough. Yeah. No, I went know. through the same thing. That's why I asked. It's funny. Yeah, in fact, that's why I got more into back issue uh, bin diving because that was the cheaper option. And I was just Mm -hmm. naturally curious about older comics. So it worked out in my favor. Um, But I was not buying new comics or trade paperbacks or anything. Uh, If I bought comic books, it would be from the cheaper bins. Uh, And back then, the cheap bins were full of gold. I mean, these days, it's a different story altogether. But back then, I would get some really high-quality stuff that, to this day, remains my favorite stuff. Um, But Dragon, I would always see on stands, flip through it, buy it occasionally, check in on the cast. And um, I don't know. I've I've always liked it. I've always had a a really strong affinity toward that world. Yeah, I I think it's just something, too, about just being able to skip out and then go back in and buy, you know, tens of dozens of comics at a time or whatever and and just jump back in. It's just fun. And I think you're right. Like a lot of those, the old books, you know, you'd get, you know, maybe a run of eight Youngblood and then it would stop for a while and then there'd be like three more and and Dragon just always came out month after month and it was just easy to jump into that. Yeah. It took me forever to collect a Savage Dragon run and read it in one shot, but reading it out of order was also kind of fun. Yeah. It was just sort of like, um, not a mystery, but it was just sort of like piecing a puzzle together here and there. <laughs> I, and I experienced super it. interesting. I experienced it a bit like that, where I started late and just started picking up back issues in random places. It's an interesting way to do it. Same here. Uh I was like the kind of just back issues, whatever random number I could find. And you're right. Like it's a great series to read that way because like the back, even the letters section kind of had like recap shit in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. It's good. Yeah. You know, there's something really specific about the Savage Dragon world too. And it's, it's connected to the, the Megaton world. It's like that fan world, you know, it's like fanboys made good. Yeah. Uh, There's something, I find really charming in that, you know, like, like you guys recently interviewed Gary Carlson. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's the, the godfather of image comics, right? Like, you know, there's just something so pure and clean about that stuff. Um, It's very boyish. It's very childlike almost. Um, And I think Savage Dragon has a lot of that, you know, has a lot of that adolescent uh, charge. Right. 
and it still kind of has that to this day in a weird way. He, you know, Eric's sort of that's maybe that's just his sensibility, but he somehow has tapped into that. And he's been able to maintain it for decades. And maybe it's something as simple as like the color schemes of the characters or something. Yeah. But I don't know. I find it super appealing. And when he would expand the line, you know, whether it be through Freak Force or Big Bang Comics or hell, even just inking Ninja Turtle covers, that, that all sort of read to me as like of, of a kind. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all yeah. one world, one vision, and people would work beneath that vision. But I, I, I dug it. So I really clicked with that, you know? Yeah. I, I think the thing that appealed to me is that, you know, whatever Eric's doing, he's doing it because he wants to do it. There's no other dis- you know, there's no other reason for him to do anything pretty much unless he wants to do it. And I think that makes it fun. Yeah. There's no corporate decisions behind anything. And I think that's kind of like brings out that purity in it. He, you know, something's being done is because he wants it that way. Right, right, right. Which is yeah, I think he fun. does give some level of a fuck about what readers think but i don't think Mm -hmm. it dictates anything substantial you know what i mean like he's not gonna uh, cave into any sort of demand he's gonna do what he's gonna do and that's yeah that's that's the advantage of creating your own thing and and driving it for so long so i'm just glad it's still around it's kind of one of those staples where it's it's comforting to to know it exists you know yeah yeah What, what would you say is your favorite arc if you had to pick one Oh, it's that's a tough one. I mean, I know you guys went over the first few issues. I love mm. those first few issues. So I don't know if that's purely nostalgia yeah. on my part because you guys, you know, went through it and you were honest about it. And yeah, there there are a lot of like weird bumps along the road. But other than that, I think um, what's the possessed? I really like. Mm. I thought he did a lot of uh, narrative tricks that that worked that were really neat. Yeah, and. Um, but I'm also a big fan of um, that period where he was uh, lettering himself. What's that? Yes, yeah, so I remember yes. you saying that before. And I, I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I, I still hold on to that as like the, the high watermark of the title. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> At agree. least artistically. I don't know about thematically, but artistically as a, as a package, the way it looked. Yeah. That's the peak for me. And I know he hates that and the fans <laughs> hate it and I get why they hate it but they're wrong. Right, James? Yeah. No, but I also get why, especially a cartoonist would love that. Yeah. It's just fucking. And that's pretty much what you do with your comic. Yeah. You you self letter. So (laughs) obviously. Yeah. And I color color my stuff. He does it digitally. I do it in my own style, but the spirit is still there. But I think around that time, wasn't he president also or something like that? that, I think that, that, that time period, and those comics leave us not a sour taste, but a scared taste in my mouth. Like I thought that book was ending when he started, when he started hand drawing, you know, hand lettering. I thought, oh man, this is it. Like, you know, like he's gonna <laughs> wrap it up, you know. And uh, why you think God. he was going broke? Well, yeah, I thought you know you gotta let the the letterer go, and yeah, I I honestly did. I thought this was like uh you know maybe it'll last another year, and I feel like he was starting to wrap it up, but. Thank God no, he wasn't. Just artistic expression, Craig. Well, and just <laughs> with with him taking over the duties of you know being the image publisher, it was. I mean, how many issues were coming out at a time in that period? It, it was like real shaky. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like maybe two a year. I mean, it wasn't yeah. that bad, but I remember there was a long period in between. It wasn't one of those fun. <laughs> Thank God I missed those lean years. <laughs> 
Yeah, but every time an issue would drop, it would be magical. It was awesome. Yeah. And that, that's actually one of those issues is what got me back into Dragon, actually. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because I was taking one of those breaks. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I still had my older issues, but I just right. never followed it month in, month out. I wasn't going to the shop as often during mm-hmm. that year or so or whatever, those previous years. And I, I just opened it up and it blew me away. I was like, holy shit, he still got it. And it's it was compelling. It looked great. He was lettering himself, which kind of was amazing to look at. And I'm like, of course he would do this. This is the natural evolution of of what he does. He just kind of has to do it all, like cartoonist style, like yes. old school cartoonist. I'm just gonna do it because it has to get done. And I really related to that, and it made me fall in love with the book all over again in a different way as an adult, as a cartoonist at that time. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I love the term cartoonist. I really do. I, I like when people use that term. I think it fits guys like you and Larson and, and Sholey that just do it all. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just it's really fun. It's hard work, I, I imagine. Well, the thing is, in mainstream comics, you don't see that. I, I don't think the grind allows for that sort of uh, workload. And frankly, I don't think a lot of people are interested in doing that much work because maybe it's not worth it, or they don't. You know, they just wanted to tell as many stories as possible. And with Dragon, you know, Eric just has that as a vehicle to tell his thing, to do his thing month in, month out. Uh, I have Copra. Um, other guys have their own respective books, and they just focus on that one thing. Um, I, you know, so it is kind of an anomaly in the mainstream Wednesday Warrior crowd. Um, right. But you go outside of that, and it's not that weird. I mean, it's just what we do you know yeah yeah i have a feeling like eric would still be at home drawing his own things if dragon wasn't as pot you know what i mean like i feel like he would still have all these thoughts in his head and maybe drawing his own dragon comics on the side yeah he'd probably be a serial killer or something (laughs) complex clues at every crime scene (laughs) i read this goddamn comic to figure out this crime no, but yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm just glad it exists at this point. That it's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. What can I say? I mean, Absolutely, it, it's such a body of work at this point. It's just there's nothing else like it, or at least there way right better now. than Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't even bring that up. Come on, <laughs> so much more. Not even the same accomplishment. Sorry. <laughs> I love the, but but even just the added stuff that Dragon brings, it, it's like a bygone era with, with with the letters pages, the the comic strips, you know, the the you know the extra stories on the side, and all the the, the artists that he's given a chance, you know, or a break on on drawing a, mm-hmm. a backup. It's just it's fun. Really yeah, fun. all all of it. It's all great. It's all great. It's a it's a very unique thing. Um, so, I don't know. It's super inspiring, man. Yeah. So before um, we had you on, we asked you to to pick one of your favorite issues of Savage Dragon uh, and tell us why you thought it was so, so cool. And uh, you selected Savage Dragon 50. Number 50. Yeah. And the reasons being uh, pretty much what you just described, which is the variety of, of material that you could find in, in these comics pretty much in every issue. But 50 was the first time I saw it packaged in such a way that was really impressive and it left the mark you know it told you know it's it's a milestone issue issue 50 um 50 solid issues of eric doing it all himself right inking 
uh, drawing, penciling, writing, everything short of coloring and lettering, right? So it's, right. it's still his vision pretty purely. And then he's got a backup by, uh, by uh, I forget yeah, who, but Bill it's a Fugate. Mighty Man backup in the Big Bang style. You know, uh, Bill Fugate, rest in peace. <laughs> right. He, um, you know, those backups are interspersed in the issue. It's got pinups by a bunch of artists. So it's a cool package. I mean, it's just really great. Yeah. Um, you could just have that comic forever and it would just fulfill you. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of last, you know, it's an impressive thing. And I just love it. I love it to death. And I, and I love the others that came out, you know, issue 100, 115. Yeah. Um, this was the first though. This this was like the the first first. 25 was decent size, but this is like the first square bound. I think 25 was decent size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, I, I forget what it has exactly. Maybe a longer letters page, maybe a couple pinups. It was a milestone, but that was like the gang war ending, wasn't it? With, with Mighty uh, Man kind of yeah, Mighty Man bones. punching dry, like he's breaking yeah. his bones to reset him, and you think he's like yeah. It might have been a double sized issue. It, it was special, but fifty was just like the thick spine, a hundred pages. It's just, I love love comics like that. I used to have comics yeah. like that as a kid. The DC one hundred page specials were awesome. That was part of my my comics learning of its history you know um so that sort of replicated that the savage dragon 100 replicated that or sorry 50 then 100 115 and then speaking of the period that i really love the famous issue the fly issue yeah. 125 yeah. that one has it all i mean that had that really has no guest uh stars or anything or any guest artists maybe just a, an eliopolis strip in the back and that's Pierre Larson, but I mean, yeah. I love that thing to death too. It's great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But fifties where it's at. That's, yeah. that's oh, the thing that always pops up in my mind. And I love the contrast of like the regular dragon issue, which, you know, has got everybody in it. It's just mm-hmm. an amazing closure to that story arc. And mm-hmm. you know, the, what he seems to do in every anniversary issue or every ending of an arc is like kill dragon in a way that you're like, how the F is he going to bring him back? Yeah. You know? So he had that. <laughs> You had like the massive pinups by like the big hitters, Dave Johnson, uh, Liefeld, I think uh, McFarlane, Capullo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They, were those uh, trading cards? What's that? I forget. Were those trading cards originally? There was like a Wildstorm trading card set for Dragon, which is we. I think it was like a Wildstorm set, and it had like a lot of the pinups and all the covers to the issues. Hmm. It was a weird set, but then on the back, the coolest thing about this card set was on the back, it had like a little corner picture of a Savage Dragon villain, and it gave you like a little tidbit of information, and that was at a time before the wiki or anything, and you didn't know anything about the guys, mm-hmm. and it gave you like one or two sentences about some random v- vicious circle guy huh. that you just clung on to, because you're like, oh, I didn't know that about this guy, you know? <laughs> oh, interesting. I wonder if Eric wrote that. Yeah, I don't know. Input or I gotta imagine he he was pretty tight on that stuff. He seems like the type. I don't know. He let the cartoon go. That's true. <laughs> I feel like TV is a different story, but yeah, that's true. That's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, but yeah, yeah was... issue fifty is my my jam. I love it. I love these oversized, uh, extra length thrillers. Man, they they fucking rock. You know. I think also even just the regular issues, you never know what you're gonna find. You know. Yeah. Um, weird pinups and strips. Uh, I don't know. Let it, let us not forget the Vic Bridges Freak Force inclusion. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, this is Freak Force Zero. Was that printed somewhere else and reprinted here, or was this new to this issue? I don't I think, think it's been printed anywhere else. I don't think so. I, and I think it kind of, yeah, it does bridge the gap between, what was it, Savage Dragon number three mm-hmm. or five or something like that. One of those early Freak Force adventures. Uh, I was just going yeah. through it. I noticed it, it recreates a bunch of scenes uh, yeah. from Savage well, Dragon. And Eric actually draws a few of the pages because I think Vic bowed out at this point. So Eric draws in like the Vic style on the last yeah. few yeah. of these. And you know what? You know what's weird about that is that um, Eric doesn't really go back. He doesn't really tell untold stories very often. Right. This is one of the maybe handful of times that he's done that. Right. And it's it's just fun. It's, it's read a little more about the supporting cast. That, that was one thing. It just seemed like there were just never enough pages, and it still doesn't to like tell everybody's story. So I always look forward to these anniversary issues because that's I feel like when he does kind of focus on some of these extra stories on, on the supporting cast. Oh, yeah. Two twenty five was awesome, and two fifty is gonna kick ass. Hopefully, it's coming pretty soon. Oh, can't wait. Uh, this so also right. fifty also has um, Savage Dragon one half. You remember that from like Wizard? <laughs> yeah, and it includes the the cover. Yeah, without the logo. Thank God, it's a nice, beautiful cover. It's iconic image. Enormous dragon when he's yes. just like roided so, out. So <laughs> excellent. It's and, I, just... and I guess this particular Mighty Man strip was part of that image one half issue. Uh, the Mighty Man strips came from Big Bang. Well, well, yeah, but I think specifically the third one oh, was in oh, the one right. half issue. Gotcha. Because uh, it deals I with the deal, it deals with the Wicked Worm, which is what the one half issue deals with. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. And, I, How and, about that? and, and that's okay. why they re, he reprinted. I think the other Mighty Man strips is because they're all about the Wicked Worm, and that's a big deal in this issue. I love that that last pinup, the very last page of, of Horde with the worms. It's so disgusting. His his arm is just a mass thought, of worms. I thought you were referring to the Larry Martyr. Uh, yeah, no, not as much. <laughs> so yeah, now, now arm. Th- wait, what was I going to say? The 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 wait the, the Bean World one. Yeah, <laughs> World, dude, I love it. It's that cool. Is, that is a weird inclusion. I'm sorry. I think it kicks ass. Because it's like, you just wouldn't expect it, dude. <laughs> and, like, look what weird choice he made. Like, fucking, what are those, abs? Just abs next to the arm? It's I don't know, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I I think think it, it, and it makes sense that Larry had a shot, you know, because he is a cartoonist, but he also went into business with uh, with Image. So at this point, this is, like, the height of his involvement, I think. Wasn't, like, some, wasn't Bean World in some of the early, like, self-published stuff that Summer Dragon was in? I don't know. I feel like it was. Like Bean some, World was, what, Malibu? Like, right? or something? Maybe mini-comics or, oh, I don't so, know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it was published in the same type of anthology that some early Dragon was in, but I could be wrong. I'm sure the listeners will chime in and yell Wait, at me. What do you say, Bean World? What are you talking about? That was Larry Martyr's Savage Dragon. That was that was his book. Oh. That, that last pinup. Wait, on the very on the last page or on the of the inside cover after the letters. The no, no, after, in my edition, oh, it's after okay. the letters. Okay, yeah, yeah after okay. the letters. Yeah. Just the like the fucking arm and the fin okay, and the squinty yeah. eyes. That is weird. I love it. It's very interesting. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was more talking cool. about the uh, the 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 what is it called the uh, the bash training backup. It's just such a weird like weird inclusion. 
The one by Jeff Lobb and uh, Jeff Matsuda. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That must have been just like a tryout for that character, you know, just a cool yeah. little story. Yeah. You know, it's just a quick five-pager. Um, but I do like that, the, that that it's in there, and I like that there's there are pinups from, like, guys like Larry Martyr and Rob Liefeld and Walt Simonson. Like, it's just a, it's a good variety, I think, uh, you know. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm into it, man. It's my favorite. Awesome. It's a good yeah, pick. When Liefeld was trying to push the fighting American. Oh, man, I love it. I, <laughs> don't, I mean, listen, you went to the wrong guy if you want to shit talk Liefeld. Oh, I'm like, not going to. I don't want to. Shit talking. Nope, we're not but, uh, gonna shit talk. He about. he got he got the fin right and everything. I don't want to hear anyone. <laughs> That's a good fin. Fin <laughs> Holy shit! You shut your mouth, Jim. Oh my god. Body yeah, hair. Yeah, I, I'm sympathetic to the guy. He just lost young blood. Yeah, that's you know. Oh crap. Oh, yeah, that's crap. tough. I want to get into that because because Michelle, I think are you maybe the last person to draw like young blood under like. Uh, oh my God. approval. I think so. <laughs> I think with, you're right because Young Blood and Bloodstrike, right? Chad Bowers series, uh, you know, with uh, Jim Tao and Art. Yeah, but that um, ended before Bloodstrike. Before, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it did end before, uh, and it was supposed to come back. There, there were issues made. Were they just on hiatus? Like? But yeah, I think it just something needed to be finished up, and uh, schedules got delayed, and it, it it was it was a mess, which is unfortunate because I really really enjoyed that comic. It was a yeah. really fun comic. What Chad was doing was excellent, and he really loved the stuff. But he was adding it to like a yeah like a new reader sensibility to it. It was really cool, as opposed to me who was just taking the old continuity shit way seriously, and uh, and. <laughs> I had a blast doing it and I'm super proud of it. Yeah. Um, working with those characters, it was like a dream come true, you know, working, uh, within an official capacity, you know, it's not like uh, my own take on it. It's not like a funny version of it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I tried tr- treating it like it was, it was, you know, canonical, you know? Well, your yeah. goal was to fill holes that existed in the original series because of right. how it was published. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a gap. There were two issues missing in its publication history, and I just wanted to fill them up and give Bloodstrike a, an issue zero, which they were the only extreme comic to not to not have a, an issue zero, which I found it to be weird. That's an interesting know? thing to know. I didn't know that. I thought you just did zero to uh, make sure that people were up on Bloodstrike for the series. I mean, that was that was another concern. You know, I wanted to treat an issue zero the way they should be. You know, it's sort of like an introduction. So I wanted to fill that hole, but I also wanted to make it as reader-friendly as possible, even though I was throwing a lot of characters. You, you did know, succeed at that. I knew nothing oh, yeah. about Bloodstrike. I, I follow I, um, along. I, I like Bloodstrike. I, I like Bloodstrike. I like the concept better than Youngblood. I do like the Youngblood concept, but I feel like a lot of people have kind of run with it since. And Bloodstrike is just kind of pretty cool and it's almost i feel like it's up your alley michelle it's almost like a suicide squad exactly type gang and, and they just but they're like zombies in a way and it was it was just awesome i i really enjoyed the tim seeley take on it before yours as well like i thought he did a good job on on it and uh those characters are just fun to look at hey man i'm just trying to brand baby that's all i'm doing <laughs> that is the, like jim touched on it was masterstroke execution only because, like, that Zero was the primer, 
And I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I mean, of course I remember Blood Strike, but I was a young blood guy. I just didn't read Blood Strike. And then the like I, I rubbed the blood, dude. I never got to rub the blood, but now I want to. Uh, but yeah. like zero, it brought you in and then you did the missing chunk and then you somehow made it tie with that. Like, what was it? The, the end cap issue. It yeah. All, <laughs> yeah. It all wrapped together. So good. It, it was like, even though this was this insane, like zero, then a gap, then like issue 26, it still tied together like one tail, dude. I gave it the story it deserved, I felt like. like Dude, I treated that shit like I was <laughs> like, oh my god. Like it was oh it was intense. It was intense. Research was pretty intense. I was making crazy maps of plot points and characters and uh I took it super seriously, you know, and I yeah, loved it. And I loved shows. you know, it, just for three issues. I had three issues to tell my thing. And I could have done my own little standalone thing, but I, I really wanted to, to utilize his catalog, you know, draw everyone as, as many people as I could. And I think I know, I know at a first pass, it could be a little confusing. It could be a little overwhelming, but I really tried to make it its own self-contained thing, which sounds I, impossible, but I, I really think, think all the elements are there. I just think if anyone would care to reread it or read it, carefully or something i don't know what but i feel like i really tried yeah to you make succeeded, everything in there you know so it was a love letter too for the fans around that time so when you opened up the inside covers and it's like it looks like an exact <laughs> yeah. duplicate of the inside cover it was like we were we were reading it here and even not on the podcast talking about it and just losing our shit over like the house ads and stuff like that and just, you know, everything that made you feel like it came out in 1993. Envelope you know? art. <laughs> yeah, that, that was fun to assemble. That, that, it was a really fun package overall. And dealing with Rob was a dream. Uh, he was great. And um, I don't know, to bring it to Savage Dragon, I using the Covenant of the Sword, yeah. which I believe... Uh, Eric holds the copyright, but it's a Keith Giffen creation. I yeah, exactly. It is. But I tried to make that second issue as Giffen-centric as possible by using all his tropes, lovingly, of course, uh, using his characters, his plot threads that he left off when he quit the book, um, or left the book. I don't know if he quit or whatever, but he just stopped working on it after two and a half issues. Um, but I tried to, to be respectful of every creation, you know, the the the. the the characters that Eric Stevenson created for Rob, you know, like yeah. I, I was very aware of even the costumes, everything like that, like Shaft's giant boots, his robo boots and stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Those look great. Those look great. They appeared in a couple pages and I know there was like a hat, cover and it was like on a cover. And I was like, I have to draw that. I, this is my <laughs> one chance to draw Shaft and this is the version I'm going to draw. So, yeah, I tried to, to have my cake and eat it too, to tell a cool, compelling story for new readers, but also to geek out and draw the last Youngblood story ever. <laughs> uh, at least so, the last one that matters. Yeah. Right, anything after this is going to be, I don't know. Shambling zombie Youngblood. It's going to be weird. I, so please tell me, as part, part of payment for doing Blood Strike, that you got some original pouch cover art. <laughs> I wish the pouch cover art is amazing. I wish I'd be that lucky. I don't think he's letting go of that. <laughs> I, I love Rob in that he can like basically take a joke and, and you know, and, and kind of you know make fun of himself with the pouches. But that 
that one alternate cover to, to 20. Well, I guess there was one for each, 23 and 24. Yeah. But, man, were you? was that a surprise? Did you know that was coming out? Or I did not know it was coming. That was, like, oh, right before a- it went to press. <laughs> what a gift. What a so, gift. Even the little backup story is like, what? Yeah, that was, that was all, like, you know, <laughs> like, the book was already done. From? That was already done with the thing. So it, it, it was different. In that, you know, from working on Cobra, in that I just made the comic and I sent it off, you know, and then it appeared on the stands months later, you know. <laughs> uh, so that was a beautiful transaction, I yeah. felt like. So, yeah, the pouch was a surprise, and working with Image was a dream, which really made it easy for me to make the jump from self publishing. Uh, to go into image for sure. How did how did that come about with with Liefeld? And I know like Liefeld, he's kind of gone down this path with with Brandon Graham. With you know, I mean, like what was it six years ago when he did the Supreme and Glory and Sophie Profit, Campbell and all of that, which was was really cool that he like grabbed all these kind of indie creators and let them have free reign with his toys. And I felt like this was an extension of that. And so, how did that come about? Like, how did you get the gig? I just asked him. Really? I asked him. I mean, you know, we follow one another mm-hmm. on social media, so it was fairly easy for me to just ask and have something ready just in case he said, okay, let me see what you got. So I had a pitch ready with art and everything mapped out, and he dug it, man. And I was I was so on board. I, I, I wasn't expecting it. I, I had no idea what to expect. I was just kind of taking a chance. and uh, But I knew that he was uh comics friendly you know he keeps up with new comics he likes indie cartoonists as well yeah, yeah. um so i felt like it, w- it wasn't you know so far-fetched of a concept yeah uh well, i don't think that would have happened with like say todd todd McFarlane. no absolutely not I, I don't believe i mean after seeing what life will let brandon graham do with profit and what uh joe keating uh wrote for glory and uh even Supreme with Larson, like it's it just like, and the blood strike with Tim Seeley, like those are all like, those guys are seem like they were given free reign. Cause they, there was some pretty off the wall stuff going on on some of those. And, and I thought that's what made them so much fun. Like they weren't stiff at all. And like no, his ability no. to just let go and trust the creators. Um, I think that's that takes right. Some yeah. Balls. And that, that's what he did, you know? And, uh, I know you mentioned Tim Seeley early and I wanted to say, that uh, I did enjoy those Bloodstrike issues too. Um, I remember when that launch came out. Yeah, the, all four books mm-hmm. came out, and I think Tim Seeley kind of regrets not going as nuts as he could have. Well, yeah, he, I think he was like, the most yeah. reserved. You're right. Yeah, yeah, but I still enjoy those comics. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, those those are the most reserved, like just typical superhero. But they, they, it was fun to see those characters and see his take on it and some of the, the design and provisions and stuff like that. Yeah, they were well-written. He knows his shit. He loves the characters. I can't remember the artist's name. Who, who's the artist? Uh, I don't remember either. Uh, I, I believe it was one guy, though, that didn't change teams or anything. There was one guy. Yeah, and um, I like that, too, that he, you know... And he was a solid artist. Oh, what the hell was his name? Yeah, he was I pretty solid. Know. I, uh... That, you know, I think the advantage that I had was that I was already working within an old framework. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. I didn't have to sort of put my spin on these Bloodstrike characters. I was just doing that by by virtue of me drawing the way I draw. That's it. But I was trying to keep as close to on-model as possible, Um, whether it be like a Liefeld approach or Dan Fraga design or 
I was really trying to channel that stuff. Yeah, that um, shows. So, I don't know, man. I like those Tim Seeley comics. Oh, the, uh, the artist is Francesco Gaston, who I'd never seen his stuff before. Or after. There you go. But he is—he was a damn good artist. I'd be surprised if he hadn't worked for Marvel or DC before or after. He just seemed like a pro, like one of yeah. those dudes who's just been drawing for a while. And Bloodstrike was just the assignment that he got. So he did—he did some cool shit too. You know, that was a good comic compared to like the other stuff, which looks a little bit more unorthodox. I could see how that looks tame, but Tim Sealy was writing some pretty crazy shit in there too. Um, I like seeing, uh, you know, foreplay, the character foreplay in there. Yeah. You know, he teased out her return. So, I'm, I mean, I'm a geek for this shit, guys. I mean, <laughs> so when I got to work with foreplay and tag and Shogun and all, all those dudes on my book, it was it was a dream. I could have done 30 more issues. No shit. And I would I love those characters. <laughs> I love them. I, I would have read them. the balls off of that tag. I had with again, like that stuff just like whoo right past me. I had no idea that character even existed. What a kick ass power. Well, they sort of treated her kind of like toward the end. Like in the beginning, she was kind of cool and mysterious, but then there, there was a big storyline, uh, Extreme Prejudice. Mm-hmm. And she was so bullshit that <laughs> they forgot to even kill her on screen, right? Like that, that's how low in the totem pole she was, oh, but I used that to my advantage and I'm like, there was no body. She survived. And that was a big part of the plot in my story. And I tried to give her some sort of agency and have her kind of use her power in a cool defensive Weird. way. Yeah. And, uh, so that, that's, that's why I loved working on that project. Cause I got to do things like that. You know, where else am I going to be able to do that in my own style with no, like editorial oversight really you know rob's mandate was just do your thing <laughs> that's it dude I, I wonder how many issues of uh extreme comics were sold from back bins for those like three or four months that uh blood Strike came out i gotta imagine there was like a 500 percent uptick in back issues <laughs> uh i'd be stu- i'd be super flattered i'd be and also super flattered. that's dude, the shit I, I do too you know yeah just just bin dive for old stuff you know if if anything's being touched upon in new stories i just go look for it (laughs) i need to see a a buster moody brigade dude after that (laughs) that pinup i want all those books to exist we made fake ads in the in the back of the issues i want all those books to exist in a perfect world those books would be real (laughs) i was legit sad i was like oh yeah and then yeah like like, for a second (laughs) i sort of realized i was like oh it's a joke. But, <laughs> but but in the spirit of those old comics, they're littered with things like that of projects that never happened. Yeah. And so yeah. the only evidence that it was ever a concept were in those issues. That's true. <laughs> and so it's sort of riffing off that. So it's 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 wink wink nudge nudge, but really it's just a cool opportunity. You know, instead of just having a pinup, just throw a label on it, treat it like it was gonna be a thing. And who knows? It could be one day. I mean, maybe not anymore for half those characters, but uh, it would have been cool to have like uh, an Ed Pisker Team Youngblood book. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Yeah. And I could have sure. said it started in that pinup. You know, I wasn't. It wasn't false advertisement. <laughs> and after Grand Design, I think that shit would move too. Yeah, dude. I want that Dutch solo adventure. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Oh man, the Benjamin Mara Youngblood, the Price of Fame. Like even give it a subtitle. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like all, a bunch of people with their all that's good shit. All of it came from artists that I really respect and like genuinely and it was it was fun it was a fun gig it was fun to like amass all those people and do it in the spirit of those old comics and they all like rob liefeld you know it wasn't like that was one of the rules i had for myself like i'm not gonna get anyone who's like a hater or holds any sort of grudge or is trying to prove a point or or you know have an axe to grind fuck all that it's got to be about celebration it's well, got to be a positive, cool comic. That's all I want to do. It sounds simple, and it is. It's just that's what I set out to do. I thought, I think for a while, and still to some degree to this day, it's kind of cool to shit on Rob. But I also feel like guys like you and and there's other people out there like like Brandon Grams and the guys that have worked on his properties that are unapologetic lovers of early image in, in life field, uh, which is great, you know, because you know. People can act like they didn't like him, but almost everybody liked, you know, the big guys that made Image back in the day, you know. And there's a reason for that, you know. They're fun, explosive comics. They might not be the best written, but you know, they they were amazing to look at and and fun, especially for you know a young teen or ten, twelve year old. Which comics really, uh, you know, to some degree, should be marketed to. Right. I mean, look, those books served a purpose and they moved. They entertained kids and adults and uh, uh, tons of people, right? They were popular. And I think the mistake is sort of trying to get trying to get something from them that they weren't built to give. You know, right. people just forget that this was just entertainment. It's right. it that deep, you know? So when you go looking for some deep shit in some of these comics and you don't find it, don't blame the comic. It just wasn't made for that. Here's a little artist to artist thing too. Tell me if you don't feel like this is the fucking way these days. You got a lot of motherfuckers, a lot of young blood, like not the, you know, super government team of celebrities, but led by Shaft, but I mean young fucking artists. And there's an obsession with being correct and accurate in your illustrations. And by that I mean they have a thing I never saw coming when the internet first came out. I never saw that there would be a negative thing for everybody to have access to so much knowledge and information and reference and, you know, uh, the ability to, you know, pull up Google search, any kind of like, you know, musculature or weird pose. Now we have crazy shit like 3D models that you can fucking put in a perfect perspective and like everything in the fucking scene is going to be perfect. And like, I think... I've seen so many artists, maybe tell me if this is just a fucking me thing, but I see this so much who are just fucking obsessed with things being correct, finger quotes. And those are the dudes that you see shitting on, like, you know, artists that have style. They're like, oh, look at this guy. He can't even draw a leg. Oh, that leg's wrong. How's this guy rich and I'm poor? And it's like, goddamn, bro. I mean, you're missing a key thing. Art's supposed to, like, evoke emotion. Like, it's not all about perfection and things being right. It's about shit being cool and, like, making you fucking feel excited when you see it and, like, an intangible appeal. And so, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you see a lot a lot of the haters, I think it's that. Like, they're coming from a fucking modern mentality of, oh, look how many teeth are in this guy's head. And it's like, who gives a shit? It looks fucking sweet. Yeah, they're all, to put simply, they're all haters. 
and they haven't done shit <laughs> worth anything, and they're probably boring as fuck to talk to. So who gives a fuck? <laughs> fuck them. But uh, going to what you said about artists having all this information now, it's not about the information. That's that's a great privilege and tool. It's about what you do with it. So you could still have all the tools and use them and still produce interesting shit. There are new artists that are great and they're not boring. But the thing is, maybe some companies employ the boring, more traditional, standard, safer artists uh, because they're out to produce a different thing. The companies want to produce a different thing. Maybe you get someone interesting in there. But they're they're in the business of making money, however they can. So you know that's a different um, that's a different argument, really. But what what you're talking about is like an artist who shit on other artists. That's never a good look, anyway. Unless you know what you're talking about and you dominate. Shut the right. fuck up. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's usually the most boring, dullest dudes who are producing substandard work, uh, lifeless bullshit. Who yeah. always like to shit on guys that have uh, some sort of personality or made something out from themselves, you know? Um, and and Lifehold gets gets a lot of that, you know? And it's easy for people to, to sort of treat him as a punching bag because it's it's like a group mentality. It's safe to, to yeah. shit on him, you know? It's like, well, that. they probably don't even know why they're shitting on him because they, they don't, don't understand their own values, you they know what don't. I mean? They, they don't know what they're talking about. There's the shitting on, and then I also feel like there's the demonizing. Like, you hear stories like, oh, Lightfield's an asshole, or Larson's an asshole, and it's like, really? Like, have you ever talked to them for more than five, ten minutes? Like, I feel like they're some of the nicest people I've met, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. maybe some, they have strong opinions about certain things, or maybe people feel like since they're, you know, a famous pro, they can't have opinions on things, but I don't know. Like, I've never seen a guy with... A smile on his face like Lightfield's always that dude's always smiling yep. always seems like whatever like super happy like and I look at a guy like that and I was like man I wish I could be as happy as that guy but like I don't get all the hate too and there's, there's the hate of maybe the art or whatever and whatever that's just you being an idiot but then just demonizing people and maybe that's just the jealousy of someone that's you know made more money or whatever it is but Whatever it is, I, I don't get it because another thing is not liking Liefeld is fine. Whatever, you could have your own standards, right? Right. But when you like something similar from that <laughs> war, from that same thought process, the same thing that right. produced a Liefeld style produced this other thing that you like. Right. Um, so it doesn't make any sense. But whatever, I love Rob. He, to me, represents Image Comics or what I relate to Image Comics. Um, Eric as well, you know, Eric and, and, and Rob. So it, it's been a pleasure working with both of those dudes respectively. And, uh, so I just think that, you know, bringing Coper to image is just such a natural fit for me. It is, uh, that it was actually going to, I was, it was going to go to, uh, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but it was supposed to go to image years ago. No kidding. Cool. Um, but Bergen decided to become, uh, a publisher as opposed mm-hmm. to just publishing a few compendiums uh, back in the day, a few Cobra compendiums, you know, they would release these three issue bumpers um, mm-hmm. through the store. You know, it, it was, right. it was a cool little thing that they were experimenting with, but then they decided to go ahead and become a, 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 tr- a book publisher, essentially a comic book publisher. And Bergen, they're just they start. They're just like a comic store. They became a publisher. They started as a comic book store here in Brooklyn. Yeah. And 
uh, and I knew them. I used to shop there. I worked there for like a, a short period mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesdays uh, or Tuesdays or Wednesdays, uh, and I knew them. Um, and so they helped me out when I started Copra. You yeah. know, they knew that my print run was low, so they helped out by printing the bumper editions, um, right. and that grew to the books. So I decided to go with them just to sort of grow with them, as opposed to right. jumping ship entirely into this you know image comics right sure <laughs> um and that's that's why when bergen street now we've we've ended our relationship that's why image was like the next in line it's like going back almost like oh yeah i was supposed to go with you guys you know that was yeah. always like a plan that was sort of in the works um but it was, it was fun while it lasted with bergen street i mean uh, don't get me wrong it wasn't it wasn't a bad split at all that's not what i'm suggesting but right. i think they were not interested in single issues and as much as i wasn't interested in self-publishing single issues anymore but right. cobra needs to exist as single issues gotcha so who better to handle that than image comics that's what they traffic in so i think okay. the only savage dragon one is the only comic i own more versions of than <laughs> copra one i have copra single i have uh <laughs> Was it the the com- compendium the issue, compendium, yeah. Yeah. and then the square bound round one? And I'm gonna have to buy the image one so I can get all the cool, uh, so everything can match. You know, those uh, image trades. Are they <laughs> new printings or are they just old printings through image? The uh, the, the 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 um, what are the words? Well, at first, at first it was the Bergenstock. What was uh, left, which right. wasn't much, and uh, so image absorbed that, but they printed up their own versions and so they have uh you know the image logo on it and uh everything else is the same we tried to replicate the paper to match it as exactly as possible on the reprints previous on on the reprints yeah are you are you not going to do the paper with the new series correct it's going to be a different paper but i'm going to try to approximate it it's not going to be the same it's just a different you're you're still going for a heavier stock though that's your plan i'm trying to go for something toothier you know, something less shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like that. But I'm, you know, we're still weighing options. There's so many options, and uh, it is, you know, ultimately up to me. So I have to make the decision pretty quickly. Yeah, um, because the ordering, uh, you know, it's upon us. You you can order Copra number one uh, comes out October second, but yeah, it is in diamond. It's it's in the system, <laughs> so I better decide pretty quickly. I need yeah, it this I got Wednesday, mine baby. Yep, me too. Well, that's interesting. Nice. I thought I thought Image makes those decisions on paper stock for cost yeah. considerations. I didn't realize, as the creator and owner, that you have significant control of that. So that's fascinating to me. I mean, the thing about Image is that it's it's sort of like self-publishing, right? In a weird way, because you're picture. calling all the shots and you're in charge of making those kind of decisions. Um, but they do kind of they, they do help you figure things out. You know what's going to cost more in the long run. What are your best options? What's orderable? You know, in 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 the case of paper stock, some of that stuff is difficult to order. Yeah, uh, I know it would take forever to get to the states, so it might just be available for like a one shot or something like that. You know, there are things things that I'm learning along the way as well. But the, the main thing is that I still call the shots. Uh, they just help out. You know, and it's a don't get me wrong, it's a big help. I mean, that's a thing. It, you, with it comes the image power, right? Yeah. Like the the accessibility to a wider audience, and um, 
I felt like I did as much as I could on my own with the issues. And Bergen did as much as they could with the trades. And so now that image has absorbed both, hopefully that's just going to reach a, a, a new level of people. Well, now and you're, you're going to be in bookstores and, you know, wherever image goes. Yeah, that, that's right. And that's that's exciting to me, you know. But I'm still going to be continuing like I always have, just making my comic in my studio. No one's bugging me. I'm just doing my thing. And as long as people read it, I'll be doing that. So right. and I that's mean something I could certainly relate to uh, Eric on that level, you know. That's that's what he does. I don't Absolutely. mean to freak your shit, but I feel like with Walking Dead being done, everybody's looking for that next Somebody's like, got to find that vacuum, fill that vacuum. That's it. And I'm, I'm going to fill it, baby. I'm going to fill there. that hole. Fill it up. <laughs> like make it run over because I'm telling you, like I, I was just thinking I was like, god damn, that's great timing. Like, cause that's what happened to me is like, you know, Walking Dead's done. Boom. I like got a gap in my monthly pool box. Here comes Copra. Boom. Right in the slot. And I'm just and like, hey. between that and paper girls, it's like, what's the world coming to now? Youngblood. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, I, I'm, I'm super stoked, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm in, I'm in the middle of making the new issue that's another thing that's weird I'm, I'm a few issues ahead of schedule you know the old way of doing it i would just create a thing and then just rush it out the door and then go back to creating a thing mm-hmm. i had no lead time but this time it's like up a few issues um i could plan a little bit better it'd still be spontaneous but it's still it, it's cool it's a very cool thing I'm, I'm really enjoying it every every step of the way has been enjoyable so i'm 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 super pumped, man. I'm look. I love Bloodstrike. I love all the stuff I've done, but there's nothing like working on your own characters. Yeah, you know, yeah. Go, get, getting back to them felt so natural. It was fucking awesome. I know. I'm pumped because it's been a while since we read a new Cobra comic. So I know your your fan base has got to be really pumped for this. You know, one, one of my one of the things I was thinking was how how much time was it taking you to like mail out all that stuff when you were self publishing? Like that's got to take a huge chunk of time. Not only producing the comic, but having to like mail it, you know, put it together and mail it out, distribute. Like yikes! Yeah, it would take a few days, and then it would just take longer and longer, uh, and it would take up to like a week and a half of just stuffing envelopes and going to the post office and meeting demands and then you know i would have a subscription service i would ship it out to stores and i would have to check up on invoices and stuff a lot of managerial things um which now i luckily don't have to do like i i i never want to step foot in a post office ever again (laughs) (laughs) and i'm sure they fucking hated seeing you come (laughs) once a month they would see me with a truckload of boxes full of little yellow envelopes it was oh my gosh it was a trip it was fun at first and then it just got to like man i really just want to be drawing i really just want to be coloring or so just doing anything um but but then you were like doing you were doing even more by add like a little like print you know uh a little print of you know one of the villains or you would throw oh, in. yeah i think i got a few of them with like uh, a marvel like trading card like a young blood card in there i was like what what is this <laughs> just spicing it up yeah yeah if i had some stuff lying around you know, like, oh, craig's envelope i'll just throw it up, you know I, I need you to appreciate it you know 
Um, it was like this thing, like I, I would open it up, or yeah, I pull a comic out, and then I'd almost toss the envelope out, and all of a sudden it's like, it's like, oh, this shit, this is the, one of the Youngblood pre-bag cards. It's like, <laughs> the hell is this? I had a bunch of those, uh, you know, I, but I can't throw them away just because I had doubles, man. Come on, it's Youngblood. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awesome little little added touch which i'll miss but i am so happy that copra is oh, yeah, getting mass produced like this at image like for i'm sure. so excited for like the rest of the world to find out about this comic absolutely and honest to god dude i don't even give a shit i'm dreaming big for you i want <laughs> fucking toys and tv and video games and a goddamn movie let's get it going man let's get the machine going you deserve it man you deserve it. What's no. your fucking dream merch? <laughs> like the dream thing? merch, man. Look, I've always hogs. I've put this out there before, but I want a Street Fighter Two level Copra video game. Nice. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. At least want. somebody wants it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Just me, just me. No, no. I, I mean, I like Eric, That's great. One thing about Eric, which is kind of endearing now, is that he's kind of. He doesn't care about like merch, like video games or movies or TV shows. But it's important, I think, for just for like promotion. Sure. In this in this day and age. Well, the know. thing is, he, he's done it. He he's done it. I, I feel like he's probably not interested because he's been there. He's been to those meetings. Yeah. It, he probably doesn't care at all. You know, unless it's made real easy for him to sort of sign off on stuff, he probably doesn't care because he probably knows that. It won't lead to much, won't make that much of a bump. But that's Savage Dragon. That's like an iconic thing that, you know, it's part of a larger institution. Mm-hmm. You know, young, younger books, you know, they, they could benefit from that for sure, you know. And I for see, me, dude. it's just a selfish reason. I just love that video game. I love Street Fighter 2. <laughs> yeah, but your characters are made for a game like that. Like, I want to see, Absolutely. Oh I want to see Gary in a game like that, dude. Just the cube guy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Or yeah. like any of those like whatever those oches on like guys with like the blobby hands and uh, I just want to see like I don't know. I, Even yeah. last night as I was reading, it's so funny you said that because as I was reading it, I was like, I was like, God damn, these dudes would be so awesome to have a in a fucking like fighting game because <laughs> each each guy's got that kind of cartoonist silhouette, unique silhouette rule. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And so, like, that's fighting game. Like, that's what you want. You so, know what? You know what? Savage Dragon would also make a good fighting game. Absolutely. We yeah. talk about that yep. a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It's just... Right, the... But fuck it. Let's do Copra, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm down. I'm if down. anyone in the Mugen community <laughs> is listening to this, <laughs> you fucking know what to do. <laughs> um... Just, just for our listeners, not everyone knows what Copra is about. Uh, do you have like yeah, an elevator pitch that we could like, you know, just to give a quick description of what exactly are they're in for if they check it out? Sure. Generally, it's it's my it's my action series. It's my group team book of misfit mercenaries going on weird, different adventures. Uh, it's a very revenge driven. It's 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 crazy looking. It's also down to earth. You know. Um, so it's drawn in my style, you know, everyone, anyone could go look up, um, my, you know, go to my site, go to my social platforms. I, I'm always posting art, but it's, it's my love letter to old monthly comics to, or all comics, not just the, not just older comics, but just the, the art form in general. And so with every issue, I try to push the form a little bit while telling a longer story with this huge cast of characters that I've created. Um, 
I'm, and it's it's super exciting for me. So it's really like a, a personalized thing for me. It's it's a real intimate, handcrafted sort of thing, you know. So you are getting this organic development with a story that's long running, but it's coming from one person. So if you're into that sort of commitment to to a story and a craft, then this is the place you get it, man. Yeah. So it's not to uh not to insult you or anything, but you uh Uh-oh. you you wear you you wear your Steve Dicko and, and and John Ostrander uh influences pretty much on on the sleeve of this book. Mm-hmm. It's it's gorgeous fans it's... fans of like 80s dc fans of 60s marvel oh yeah you know no the blueprint is old school suicide squad that was oh, like yeah. the basic template uh because i'm in love with the john ostrander kim yale material i do love steve ditko i love uh god everyone you know the hernandez brothers yeah i love i mean i didn't I think about that yeah that is in there isn't there oh yeah it's it's all in there it's all in there i try to just uh Treat this like the the last comic I'm working on. Yeah, you know, like it's this, like a love it, letter to comics in in a way. With even the homages to to certain characters. I mean, you know, Francis Castillo, you know, and things like that are just like a little on the chin, you know, on the nose on, on in some aspects. But it's a really, it's like a I don't know, a crazy like methed out take on some of these like you manage to take tropes. them into crazy <laughs> directions why. too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I try to, uh, you know, I try to tell my own stories with them. Of course, you know, it's not just a complete fan fiction thing. Absolutely. That was just sort of the, yeah. the 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 springboard, the inspiration. But I think I've taken them in my own direction too. So, in, in a way, I've treated it as as if a property was given to me by editorial and just was told, "Do your own thing." Yeah, you know, some somewhat like, uh, for example, uh, what Rob did with Profit. Right, yep. like do your own thing, and he went and did his own thing. Right, so that's just a, a modern example because that used to happen a whole lot back in Marvel and DC back in the day, you know, yeah. back in the eighties, um, mostly in the eighties, and that's the stuff I love. So I would mm-hmm. see all these different variations of characters and themes, and a lot of that stuff would sing, and some of it, a lot of it, still holds up, and so that's my main inspiration. Um, just, to, just at least. At least the spirit of that stuff, I love. You yeah, know? and I'm gonna yeah. attack this. Sorry, Craig. I'm yeah. gonna attack this on your elevator pitch, just because it'll probably sound weird coming from you to say it about yourself. So I'm gonna fucking say it about you. Oh, so Uh-oh. no, this is complicated. Get ready. Get ready for the compliment pie. No, but oh. dude, all it is is this, listeners. If you don't know what the fuck a Copra is, if you've never seen Michelle's work, all you got to do is just know this. All right, this is my fucking elevator pitch. <laughs> this is uh, I like when the f bombs drop when he gets all passionate. Here it goes. No, I'm, I'm legit, like for real. Among today's like comic industry like talent, like you are one of the standout, unique visual voices. So I'm saying, if you got a pull box. Like, there's no way in a million years that your shit's not going to just jump off the stands at people and hit them as something fresh and interesting. And, yeah, there's a lot of amazing, awesome, talented people out there doing their thing. But you definitely are, like, I would say, like, comparable to, say, the same kind of, like, holy shit, look at this dude's thing that people got when they were looking at, like, Sam Keith. What? Like, what? I'm just saying, like, you've got, damn it. 
nobody could mistake. Like when they see a Sam Keith book, they'd be like, I gotta agree. They'd be like, look at this fucking guy, what he's fucking doing, and nobody else is doing it. And that is how yep. I feel when I see your shit. And yeah. if even if even if folks you don't give a shit about like what you're reading, I guarantee goddamn tea you're gonna flip out when you see the visual smorgasbord that is on the page. So even if you're just one of those comic readers that likes a visual treat. Man, Copra, dig in. You're going to love it this October, baby. You know, as, a, as a big Sam Keith fan, I really appreciate that, Raven. I mean, I, it's dude. true, man. We look at your stuff, there's no one out there. That's, that's awesome. And, and if you're not easily impressed by flashy visuals, it's also <laughs> gr- wonderfully written. As a, as a, as a writer, primary, uh, as it, writing is my primary interest in comics. I find it to be one of the most compelling comics I currently read. Man, I came to the right place. <laughs> no, but you know, it's funny you say you're not into like flashy visuals. You know, one of my favorite issues of Copra, and um, I'm not going to give away much if you haven't read it, but I think it's issue, th- is it 13, Michelle? The, the I know, one I know with, which one you're talking about. Yeah, the yeah. were? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Issue? Yeah. It's, it's not flashy at all, no. and it's so freaking amazing. It's my favorite, one of my favorite artistically... I, I guess styled issues because it's so clean in the colors, the way you handle the colors on that issue are just like, I don't know. I just fell in love with that issue. And then the splashes that, that kind of mix it up in between. And then the story is, it's just, you read that the last page and I'm not going to give it away and that it just grabs you and you're like, Holy shit. But it's the most unflashy issue of all of them. And it's probably in my <laughs> top three favorites. And, you know, to be able to do that, to go from one extreme to another is just, wow, it's it's amazing. Well, so. you got the sequential art chops on top of, like, the Flash. Because the thing is, is as I'm reading this, like, Bloodstrike Brutalists, like, a lot of cats these days, they ain't working the layout. They're just doing the, like, grids and the clean read, clean readability. And to some extent, I'm sure that it's, like maybe mandated to make this read good on a screen too and you are working the shit out of a uh, layout and you have that kind of sequential art uh like definitely like just rock solid sequential art storytelling uh that again it's one of those things it's like at first people might see like oh you know look how unique oh like he's doing all this different like (laughs) thick brushy brush and he's got like almost like crayon like looking coloring and stuff and he's doing all this crazy shit but then as you read it you very quickly fucking realize that you're just working the shit out of this as a sequential art thing too like one panel border We'll have two characters standing in front of a door, and then the frame, like, in the next thing, they've gone through the door, and they're in the room. And that shit's just, mm, it's delicious. Well, that issue 13. I'm glad you like all that stuff. I'm glad you guys pick up on all sort of these elements, because I'm working my ass off to put all those little things so it could work as a structure, so it could work as a story, so it could could work as just a string of just cool-looking pages. So on every level, I kind of want to hit those notes, you know? So this is awesome. Thank you, guys. It sounds amazing. <laughs> well, and, and I think, you know, obviously if people are listening to this, they're probably Savage Dragon fans or they know that you're on here and they, they know you. But um, Savage Dragon fans are going to love this because, you know, you, typically if you're a fan, you love the way Eric lays out and does his crazy issues with his all 
you know, six panel pages, which by the way, that issue 13 that you drew on Cobra, I think is all six panels besides a few splashes. Pretty much. But, uh, yeah, yeah. but uh, just the, the different experimentations, a thing like Jim mentioned with like the Ditko crazy geometrical layouts and symmetry at play, weird symbols. You know, I love, you know, one, one of the things I, I picked up is even like the background visuals, like you have your own like little pipe town in the back. I love those things. It, <laughs> like just, you know, things that just don't happen in real life, like, you know, like in Dragon, like having a, an underground like Castillo's hideout in your Copra comic with all the pipes and yeah little cues and visuals like um what's uh what's the character the australian guy uh oh, when he, yeah when he cuts out the little tracer bomb and you put little red squares to like indicate hey you know reader look at look at what he's doing here no that's just stuff you don't see <laughs> in comics the things that you do with like cutting off word balloons so like the dialogue's yeah. not really important not as yet. much as you know that they're talking you know like uh, it's just I, I love that stuff and we don't see it enough in comics these days like that kind of experimentation. I think the only guy that really I see a lot of this stuff in and that does kind of superhero s type comics is maybe Tom Sholey. Um but it's 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 good stuff. Like we need this stuff to get us excited about comics and hype. And and like again not to just keep heaping but again I'm only in trade 1 but as I'm reading it, like we were talking about you doing your own lettering and Craig just mentioned like the way you give like word balloons, like three dimensions for some characters and another character speaks and like it's got its own unique outline. But like I was talking to some cartoonists and I was like, dude, the lettering is like an art and it is important to I said, I'm ashamed of my own self for leaning so heavy on fonts because I feel like when you are really working the shit out of the medium, you're putting a lot of graphic lettering in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I, I had a pushback. Like people were like just shitting on me. They're like, "Oh, everything's better old, isn't it?" And I was like, "Fuck you, dudes!" Like, like listen to what I say. <laughs> like, it's like words, like even sound effects, and like, like just like like Craig mentioned, like a character saying something and it's cut in half, but then he repeats himself, and like it's like that creates the effect. If someone said something that you didn't quite hear, but then they repeat themselves and you catch it that second time, and you did that all on like a fucking flat page with no audio, and I'm just saying that shit is sequential art, baby. That's comics. So. Man, it's not about old either. That's such a fucking reductive way of thinking. That's so fucking dumb. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yep. it's not about old. Let hand lettering is not because it's old looking. It's just it's just like drawing. It's part of a visual thing. You know, it's it's, it's an optical thing. That's all it is. Some do it by hand, some do it digitally, but you have that option to hand draw it as part of as part of as an extension of what you yeah. do. Yeah. But you're probably talking to some fucking dopey hack. <laughs> no shit. Or probably some amateur trying to break in, so he thinks he has to hold forth these dumb empty ideas of art. They don't know shit. God damn it, I hate these people already. Yep. Yeah, you're getting me right. worked up. Even <laughs> God damn it. Stop talking yeah. about these morons. Well, I think the highs it's, and lows. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, they're scared to buck the trends, you know, that their art won't be accepted if they don't lock That's into it. And circle. listen, we need people like that. We, you know, yeah, we, sure. we need the balance. We need the lowest common denominator to keep producing to hack Keep art. making That's you look fine. good. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It, you know? I, but, but I, do, I do appreciate you guys, like, yeah, sorry for gushing. Things. 
you know, because it's, it's we gush. It's what we do. Cool. I like it. That's what I like about your show. <laughs> <laughs> it's passion, baby. We we mean what we say. We like that. We talk to like we talk about shit we like, and I'm just saying, like, yeah, Same I here. like. Same here. Hey, I'm the guy who wrote three thousand word essay on Quasar. I <laughs> I express myself about the shit I like probably a little too much. Dude, I'm totally binding all the Quasar issues for my best friend who when we were young kids, that was his hero, and I never got it until oh. it took me twenty years to really get it. Oh man. Hey, you gotta get that Grunewald guy, he's he's good. He's a good one. It was a good one. Rest in peace. Uh, don't forget Marvel Comics presents number twenty-eight. Man, you got to include that in there. All right, I'll look for that. But I'll I... hit you. I'll hit you up. DM me. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, <laughs> make a little, just throw a little extra. I think the only there. Quasar issue I owned was like the McFarlane cover one. It was like that time period when you just bought any <laughs> cover right. that McFarlane. Oh, McFarlane's drunk. Right. Conan, I gotta buy Conan. <laughs> That's right. That was a cool Quasar cover, man. I gotta yeah, say, I had that back in the day too. That was awesome. <laughs> And all those Infinity Ink issues. So I, I got a I got a question for you, and you don't have yeah. to answer it. But uh, are we going to see some of the image characters in the Copra universe, or is this going to be like a? Are you going to keep it separate? Well, I'm pretty. Well, I do have my story in place. Like I know where I want to go, uh, and it's its own world for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason why not to have fun and like. A short story or a pinup or yeah. a one shot or something like there's nothing uh, like i call the shots if you know if i don't if i want to cross over with blood strike i'll probably just have to ask rob if that's cool you know yeah, um, yeah. no more young blood but flood strike <laughs> right 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 for young blood i'd have to call that other guy <laughs> um but yeah so i don't i don't see why i wouldn't be able to do something cool and and fun and you know it doesn't have to be part of the the main storyline yeah. But uh, as long as I have the time in my schedule to do it, which I don't know if I'm going to have anytime soon, um, you know, I have to stabilize the the main title first. But I'd love to do stuff like that, honestly. Do you are you trying for twelve issues a year, or are you doing like some of these newer guys where you're doing like six and then a hiatus and then six and then? Uh, I'm going to keep my schedule the way I always had, which is just as soon as possible. Gotcha. Just get the issue done as quickly as possible and just try to be ahead of the schedule, you know? Um, and if there's a break, then I'll probably, it's because I'm working on something else, which is highly doubtful, but that something else might be that one shot or that special, you know, that well, I want to do. Yeah. I got to imagine too, you know, you're going to get the more offers too, as this is released through image. I mean, I'm sure I'm positive. Yeah. But nothing's this alluring. Yeah, uh, oh, I, as as continuing my Cobra story, it was too long, guys. I can't yeah. stress that enough. <laughs> I can't imagine taking two years from my babies. It's just too hard, dude. Well, it, you, it felt, no shit. It felt like only a year, and I couldn't <laughs> believe it when I checked the last time I, I shipped an issue. It was like about two years. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't. I'm not never too clear again. On, I'm not too clear on your publishing schedule, but didn't you do those uh, Cobra versus issues in between? There was that too. The negative land one juggle, shot. I thought I could juggle two books a month, like old school John Byrne. I couldn't. <laughs> I'm, I wasn't going to do that. So, yeah. So I thought I could do that for a minute, but it didn't work out. But I did produce those issues, and they will eventually be collected. 
but I really just got to laser focus on the main story because I got plenty of story to go and they got to come out. I can't delay it like a second longer. So, and, and you're, you've done plenty of like uh, spotlight issues. So if you want to do stuff like that, you just do it whenever. Right. Exactly. Right. I, I could have easily folded in uh, those stories, but the thing is most of those stories were origin stories yeah. and they were sort they would have to be flashbacks and that would kind of interrupt the flow of the, of the forward momentum of the main story. But I could have worked. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And that's that's something that I'm going to address in the future. I'm going to work it into the main narrative. I'm, you know what? I could also use the main issue, the, tie, the actual physical comic, as a sort of uh, low-key anthology. I could tell all sorts of stories mm-hmm. that have backups. Yeah, backups. Backups you solve know. all problems. <laughs> <laughs> no one expects them to be canon either, so that's nice. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I again, I call the shots, so... Yeah. I, I I could make it, I could make it work. So, but that's the thing. It's like now, under the image flag, it's full speed ahead. You know, it's all Cobra. It's like that. It's like that uh, galaxy brain meme. You got art, then writing, then layout, and then format. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that the one where you're sitting on your own brain playing chess with your brain clone? <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> I'm really excited for it. I I, I kind of marathon the last uh, three or four issues of the main series, and then all five of the versus issues today. Uh, shit. So I'm right primed to get back to that. Holy shit! How many hours did you spend? Like one. Wait, how many Whoa. issues did you read? Mm, the last three issues of Copra and the five versus. Oh, I thought. All right, I thought you were saying you read the run. I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, it's no, gonna no. take half a day. No, that's a that's a good chunk. It's a good chunk. It's like, goddamn, Gavin, way to go! <laughs> there, there is, and that's the other thing, though. There is so much. Like reading an issue of Copra isn't like a one-minute deal. No. You know, there's a lot to take in, and there's a lot of characters, and they all fit together, and they all come back, and it all makes sense. You know, yeah. at first you're like, oh, who are all these guys? I gotta keep track of this, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, this guy's linked to this guy, and this guy's linked. It, it's fun. Re- it really reading is. those versus issues makes me want to go back and reread it because I, I need to you get the backstory. I got, I gotta get, I gotta re like uh, reacquaint myself with some of the details. It's been a while. <laughs> how yeah. You, how yeah. are you? How are you catching up, like readers to the image? books is there going to be some kind of like uh right up in the back or is it just like hey there's you know if you want you got to read the trades there's or five trades oh yeah well that well the thing is I, I treated this first issue as a first issue you know i okay. wanted it to be as reader friendly as possible in in the way I, I wrote it and drew it and presented it but also there is some sort of there's back matter that winks out to long time readers it's going to be fun for for even old school readers um to like check out what i've done and I think as a pa- as as a as a whole thing that this one issue as an artifact, um, I think it's going to work, you know, because, because I tried making it as like the perfect first debut issue, you know, the the balance was well, it's actually issue thirty two in the middle of a huge storyline. So <laughs> I think uh, reconciling those two extremes was the was the tricky part, but I'm really happy with the results. Sounds uh, different, and I'm really excited for for the reaction from both camps. You know, I want to know whether the new readers the new, hopped on yeah. and got hooked and whether the old readers were satisfied with, you know, the, the, the way the story has been unfolding. So, 
it's fun, man. It's it's I'm having a blast, and I hope it shows, and I think it will. I think that's sort of like the secret of all this stuff. If someone's having a blast, you're going to be able to tell uh, with the results. Is it going to come pre-bagged with a trading card? Man, I don't want to give out all my secrets. <laughs> Shit. Well, hologram, come on. Rub the blood, something. I got to continue the rub the blood tradition. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Hey, before you go, I we didn't touch on, and I wanted, I do want to talk about the GI Joe series because, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I hadn't picked up a GI Joe comic. I don't know, decades. But I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and this was through IDW. Yes. How did, and, and I think the trade is coming out next month. So if, if listeners haven't picked up the singles and are interested, I think they can get the trade next month. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did that come about? Well, I was working with IDW. I was planning stuff with IDW, rather, um, for a while now. And it was just kind of slow moving to even just agree to do a gi joe thing you know for my schedule for it to open up for me to work on a gi joe thing and then just it just takes a while for these things to even be made or approved so even though i had a window of time to work on it it wasn't moving and that's when bloodstrike happened right gotcha so then i just utilized that time to work on bloodstrike by the time i was wrapping up bloodstrike somehow gi joe was made available and i was like well I, I sort of agreed already, you know, nothing was set in stone, but I would still like to work on that property. So I went to go and work on that property. And that's hence the delay in Copra because I just was overbooked uh, with cool jobs, but it was stuff that I agreed to and I wanted to fulfill. Um, and, and it was fun. But, you know, G.I. Joe and Hasbro and IDW, those, those dudes they let me do my own thing. So that was really appealing. You know, it was, you know, it was a no brainer for me. Like I, that's exactly the kind of job I would want. Um, but it was fun. It was hands off. Uh, and I think the results are pretty cool. You know, it was hot off the heels of blood strike, which was a super dense, detailed, uh, fan oriented thing on my part. And so what I wanted to do with GI Joe is different in that yeah. I wanted it to be slicker, and and just i don't know uh, maybe not family friendly but just more like it's uh, like a saturday morning cartoon well that's what it feels like a cartoon yeah. that's what i was gonna say you you you're de- you were definitely felt like you were channeling like like classic gi joe yeah 80s tv joe yeah yeah because i wasn't because actually i grew up with the cartoon not the comic right. i came to, into the comic way later uh so i i got to appreciate the larry hama library differently the cartoon that's kind of what what gi joe is in my mind not even the toys but just the way those those animation cells look and that's kind of what i was trying to do and to also not repeat myself after blood strike i didn't want to do another super continuity heavy dense thing right you know i wanted to do the exact opposite within the same you know it, it's an it's a bunch of people uh toting around guns <laughs> so <laughs> You know, you could say that figures. you could you could say that's my wheelhouse at this point, but I thought it was different enough for it to be interesting for me. Yeah. Now, I mean, so you're getting kind of with with IDW and with Rob Liefeld the kind of like no holes bar. You know, you're able to do what what you want, I, and it seems like 
you know, with these that you're getting to do what you want on your terms. Is that because you've had you're just turning down kind of offers where you're not able to do that, where it seems like all like well, it's not all, but it's two series that you were able to kind of just do everything, you know, ink, pencil, write, mm-hmm. and then do whatever you want story wise, pretty much, or that's what I assume. Are we just not seeing all the offers that you turned down that that didn't give you free reign, or you know? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I I've I've made a, you know, after working, after collaborating with other people, uh, I I needed to take a break from that, you yeah, know, and really just focus on my strengths as a as just a, as a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I do best i think that's when i operate best yeah uh, as opposed to others you know there are other cartoonists who do it all but they really thrive under collaboration yeah and for me i just that wasn't for me that's not really my thing at the moment so i was lucky i was really lucky i was fortunate to find two avenues in which to do sorry Raven, Raven, come back jim had to- <laughs> jim just jumped on his motorcycle piece i'm out of here bitches sorry about that you're good. All this G.I. Joe talk. He's like, fuck this. Oh, I like G.I. Joe. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the biggest fan, but, uh, you know, I dug it. I dug your series. No, no, I, I get that. And I did write it with that in mind, with uh, knowing that you hated G.I. Joe. So I was like, what's going to impress him? <laughs> what's going to get what's him to really gonna impress him and not make him jump on his motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> have you uh have you ever had any published work where somebody else inked your stuff or anything like that mm, no not published That's could you do you want. think you could work that way or is I'd it just something one like... day i'd be interested to maybe try that out maybe one day but no time soon yeah um, i i thought i would end up inking people actually that's how i wanted to break into the industry at one point uh just, gotcha. uh, just inking stuff and I do have some things published uh, with me inking over someone. But um, no, most of the things I've done with collaborators have been uh, writing for them. And I'm not terribly interested in being just a writer. Yeah, you did that with The Ultimates. I remember that. You yeah, did I did that some with... Some pages, right? What's that? You did some pages in The Ultimates, but... I did a pinup in the last issue. All right, that's what I'm thinking of. That's it. I provided some layouts for the first issue, but then I'm like, I can't do this. I may as well draw it. You know, <laughs> and they're not paying me for that. So let's let, let the artist uh, do express thing. himself. Yeah. Um, but then I also collaborated with Ben Mara, Benjamin Mara, on a Bloodshot short story for Valiant Comics, and um, that, and that was fun. Listen, that's a blast. I think Ben Mara is one of the best comic book artists around. Yeah. So that was a true blast. However, he would agree with me that I think working on our own shit is always optimal. Right. Always the best. Yep. Always and forever, baby. Yeah, man. I like collaborating. Just uh, when I got to get the shit done, it's it's got to be all me. Which is understandable. And so, again, it's one of those like things. Comics gives you that auteur ability where you can be in control of every tiny thing. You know, you're the set director, you know, you're the one making the casting, you know, writing the dialogue. So, yeah, it's good. For sure. Yeah. I, I again, I thrive in that environment. So I'm just happy that uh, I've got to do so many comics like that. You know, there was a time I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. So it's it's really awesome. It's really wonderful. 
That's great, dude. And I'm no, glad you guys dig it, man. That's the most important part. I'm glad you guys are picking up what I'm laying down. Loving Super it, dude. On it. Yeah, I think I've basically read everything except for the Marvel stuff. I'm getting there. I'm close. You're good. You're good. <laughs> He's you're good. <laughs> I guess so, Zegas. I haven't read Zegas. That's uh ha! I gotta get Fuck to that. You. Got him. Got him. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim, you might you might like that stuff actually. Yeah, you would. You, you would love like it. Yeah, you'd like it. I did not read it because I didn't want to read it. I didn't have read it because <laughs> I haven't got to it yet. I know. <laughs> you do so much, Jim. You're like reading I, Legion. Got a Legion side. Got side action on a Legion podcast. I read so many comics. I got a I got a DC Universe app subscription last month, and I read about 100 comics off of it. Whoa. Oh, shit. Jim has a subscription to the DC thing. He has 2000 AD. He has Shonen Jump. Uh, he's fucking buying physical shit again, which I thought he was done. Oh, only 80s back issues that haven't been digitized. I'm just saying, we forgive you. You got a lot on your plate. <laughs> hey, uh, I love Michelle, comics. How was, uh, was it Heroes Con that you were just at with the Ashcan Copra comic? Yes. How did that go? Did you get a lot of uh, you know fan reception to that? Yeah, it, yeah it was awesome. It was I made so... a little like old school Ashcan Oh, it's so um, cool. with a blank cover so I could sketch on it at you know uh, as you do at conventions and it was a six page preview of the first issue of Copra nice. uh, in black and white or in gray tones actually now on eBay for $1,500 if you would like them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could only print so many so uh, you know maybe someone took a couple and now they're flipping it but <laughs> but it was fun you know it, again I had to I wanted to show something of the new Copra issue I, I'm not used to sitting on so much material um, and not having it be out in the world. So it was my my small way of, of getting stuff out there, you know. But it, it was fun. It was fun. It, I want, You know, the thing is, I wanted to do a, an ash can for Bloodstrike, but it just fell through. It just uh, didn't happen. Yeah. But I'm like, that's the perfect Such a thing of the past. <laughs> ash cans. What does the na- term ash can come from for these little things? There's just like people throwing Ta- them in the Toss them in and... those, uh, those big round ash can trash can. Uh, receptacles, mm. I think. Bastards. You know, but they did make a comeback because I did notice after the fact that tons of image books uh, happen. Well, I don't know about tons, but I did notice like a handful of different titles have ash cans. You mean recently there. or like in the 90s? No, recently. Uh, no, in the 90s, obviously, everyone had a, an okay. ash can. Uh, I think even Tribe had a fucking ash can. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, know I know a lot of them were bundled with Wizard Magazine early on. Yeah, they're the wizard half issues. Sure, sure. No, these are like mostly. What I learned was that the ash cans were made to prove to people that these things to, to retailers were pages. to prove that they, they that entire issues existed. <laughs> you know, so that's why you have like an, a complete uh, blood strike number one, for like a little zine stapled nice. down the middle with a cover with a, with a heavier cover stock. Yeah. Um, just to prove that it exists. And sure, it's a cool little item where you could sign a number and, and sell it at shows. And that's that's why I did it. But I think uh, it's just a good promotional tool for books now. And that's why I did notice a couple books have that. I don't know yeah. what's inside of them. I don't know if it's like half an issue or a quarter of an issue or if it has cool extras in the back. I don't know. I, I just, all I know is that they do exist. The blank covers are cool, but that just means you're going to be working your hand all convention. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, I, you know, taking a tip from like Walt Simonson, he just those con sketches he does are beautiful, but they're quick. And yeah. so it's an exercise in efficiency for sure. Yeah. So you do the convention circuit? You still you go to a lot of conventions? I wouldn't. No, not at all. I do Heroes Con, and that's about it. Oh. And I, I'm gonna. I will be doing New York Comic Con this year. That's uh, nice. October third so. for that weekend. So the book. So Copra Number One comes out on the second on New York Comic Con convention week. So that's that's good timing too. So I'll be having uh, tons of copies at the show, tons of books. I'll be doing sketches and signing or whatever. Um, so it should be a fun show. But I, I don't do shows as often as I used to. That's for yeah. sure. But I want to. I want to get back to it. I feel like isn't Eric going to be at that show too? The New York one, I think so. Dragon he does fans. go there a lot. He stays with Chrissy. We got synergy there, Dragon fans. <laughs> Swing by both. Man, I don't know. After his shit got stolen last year, I, yeah, I would understand rough. why he would never want to come back. That is rough. That's rough. That was that was tough to to listen to. And for the listener, that was like the cover of uh, what issue was? It was like one of the gods' covers. Thor so beating the shit out of. Thor beating the shit out of Dragon. Yeah, he's got him pinned to the ground. I forget yep. what issue that is. Yeah, 80-something, I think. I think. My God, remember back in the day when he just wouldn't sell any Savage Dragon art? Nope. Yeah. Yep. I, I had to buy um, a piece of art from the Savage Dragon Superman just to get Savage Dragon art. Yeah, do you have a bunch of those pages? Or who I know. Gavin has a bunch. I Gavin. have one. I have one and I worship it because it's got the Chris Eliopoulos lettering all over it, like the gun blast. I talk about it probably every three episodes because I'm <laughs> not that in love much. with it. All right, f- every five episodes. There you go. But uh, I just love staring at it when when I it just I don't know it just hand lettering on a page with sound effects and Savage Dry. Just just beautiful. Yeah, you know if any any listener is going to near a comic con come up to the table i'll be next to chuck forsman and uh p- petition me to do a freak force crossover with copra let's do it let's make it happen baby only yeah. if you want it oh shit yeah only if you want it we yes. want it we want yes. it. i'm speaking for everyone yep. we want it I feel, like, I feel like sos would be a better choice being a government super team Nah, yeah, but I'm done, I, I've done that. I've done that. Who cares? Yeah. I want like a homegrown sort of. Come on, I'm on my Giffen kick still. Yes. That makes oh, that makes sense. I got to get my Giffen on. I want to draw Super Patriot. Not yes, I want you to draw Super Patriot. All fucking crazy hands. Those yeah. SOS costumes. I'm not crazy about. I don't. Ca- I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like I like he draws it well, but I, look, I want to draw barbaric with his big ass shoulder pads. You don't want to draw. S- uh, Sergeant, Mar- <laughs> Sergeant Marvel and Buttress. Even... I already drew Sergeant Marvel ages ago. Oh, that's right. Was that part of the Twisted Funnies? And that is enough. <laughs> no, it was. It was just a random sketch online. I, I don't even know if it's still up. But listen, Freak Force or Bus, baby. Gotcha. Oh, I understand. Do Let's do it. Let's do it, world. And and I'm willing to do the new Freak Force to keep it all. You know, Which is like exactly new Rapture, new, new <laughs> maybe, maybe can, Mighty Man. Maybe this is a good time to ask you this. I mean, I've been reading Copra right along, and I've been enjoying it. Um, I get that. I just want to ask about like the world of Copra. Um, are there superheroes? Because you don't focus on anything like that. There are superpowers, there are weird stuff, but you primarily focus on the criminals and the and the government agents and that sort of thing. But you never really get a sense of like the rest of like what's going on in the world. 
Well, I'm going to start, not to give away too much, but I do want to zoom out and sort of focus on, like, the larger world at large. Because I, I, I have been keeping it pretty, um, not small, but very specific on characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, you know, uh, even though they go to other dimensions and other worlds and stuff, it's, it's a really down-to-earth, personable thing. But I do want to zoom out and start introducing different elements, whether they be superheroes or not. That's yet to be determined. But I do want to add different layers to this world. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. It, uh, you know. Superheroes may manifest themselves somehow in my own weird way. Sweet. I yep. just need more Jakiro guy. That, that skull guy. I need more of him. It's all, <laughs> it's all coming. It's all coming. I, I, I do. I will say uh, no resurrections. Okay. I'm not I'm not playing yeah. that game. Yeah. No yes. retcons, no nothing. This is yes. this is forward moving. Whoever dies dies and uh you know maybe the occasional flashback story, but that's about it. Not going to get the return of Manhead. <laughs> no. Damn it. No, I I really, you know, I was think no, it's not. I'm no. kidding. <laughs> I really You want got to- so many characters that it's like you hate to see him go, but I also want to see who the next guy is going to be. Like, well, I love when you introduce new characters because they always look fucking crazy. <laughs> I appreciate that. I yeah, there's there's a there's a lot. Um, I miss Manhead, but he had to go. I regretted that, but that you know. Nah, but that's I, I love the fact, and and it, it reminds me of Dragon, where like nobody's like I have that feeling in Copra where no one's safe. Like, oh man. Oh, shit that was that a spoiler for anyone who hasn't read copra you know what oh shit it's all right it's all right it's good either skip this or <laughs> you, damn listen, it do you want us to cut this out if, if someone's listening this far they probably already read copra <laughs> you want it we can cut this out if you want or they just put that shit on pause and they're like you know what i gotta read copra and then <laughs> and then they read it yeah that's right I think it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> like Manhattan, they'll forget that shit. All right. So yeah, before we give it. away too much now, because we're super excited about it, should we just kind of wrap this up? And unless you guys have more questions, Craig, don't you always have your thing? You yeah, do? I have my final oh. tie it back into Savage Dragon. I want to do it. my final segment. If you would uh, uh, indulge me, Michelle, sure. my retarded questions, and I guess that's not PC to say anymore, but my. We love them anyway. Yeah, whatever. So I call this my Sev Finn, get it? Sev Finn questions segment, <laughs> which is really horny. Uh, I got seven questions for you just off the top of your head real quick. We don't have to get into them. We'd just like to hear your quick straight to the to the point answer on these mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. Are you ready, Michelle? Let's do it. All right. I'm ready. Best Savage Dragon related miniseries in your opinion? Miniseries? I'd yes. have to say Super Patriot, the first one. Mm. Yes, I can go with that. All right, all time, <laughs> <laughs> all time best Savage Dragon villain could be a major villain, a minor villain, whatever. Who's the best? Oh, who's the best? To you, to you. Uh, it would have to be Mako. Sweet. I can go with that. Sweet. Now, are you talking? Uh, I'm going to skip to question five. Are you talking? Mako the Vicious Circle or Mako of Atlantis? I like uh, the original one. The, the Even the one with like weird tubes that you guys the were tubes. talking about. Like, why does he have that shit? He's got a shark head. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's kind of awesome. Nice. Most underrated Savage Dragon character? 
Uh, Hellraiser. Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm. I still remember that pinup that you did of him. It's pretty awesome. Oh, I love that guy. Every time he shows up, <laughs> awesome. And you know, he's also awesome, just a sidebar, he's awesome in Bad Rock number one. Yes. When Liefeld right. draws him. Yep. Cutthroat. Yep. It, they look fucking great. Those are great designs. <laughs> look possessed. You did well. You did well, Eric. Good on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. You can go back in time mm-hmm. for the image crossover event and pick who's going to draw Savage Dragon 13. Who do you pick? Man, uh, I would pick Liefeld. Nice. nice. I would pick Liefeld. He would make a... Yeah, well, shit, that speaks to my previous... Uh, my sidebar comment, yeah. I could I could, I could, could dig uh, Mark Silvestri, though. Yeah. yeah. He could Great. do a really kick-ass, like, version. Anything. Of, yeah. <laughs> really, he really is the best, isn't he? He's yeah. fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. If you were given free reign to publish your own Savage Dragon-related miniseries based on support, a supporting cast member or members, who would you use and who is your creative team, assuming you could choose anyone working in comics? So it could be yourself or just anybody. Man, that's such a loaded question. Because <laughs> it's so many options. <laughs> but, if, uh, you know, because I have thought about it, I got to go with Recourse. Because <laughs> that's, I feel like I love them like unreasonably so i love Greek force you and and augie de bleak mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh let's see I, I would have to bring giffen back in a fold but he would have to draw it nice. yes i would like nice. that you know that's what you know he's written so many of these like kind of uh issue these miniseries or issues and never drew any did he no you know what i would do with that money though i would actually try to hunt down his rough layouts and print those <laughs> yeah because yeah. those look amazing yes but anyway uh yeah giffen all the way awesome awesome all right last question number yeah. seven what's the deal with the johnson twins <laughs> uh they're fucked up dude <laughs> <laughs> and there you go it's a good answer straight from the mouth they are fucked up right jim yeah they are. <laughs> Jim hates me. Oh, Jim, I don't hate you. Back. I hate Craig. Uh, he hates that question. I just he amazed, think but that con- continually amazed not, by it. Jim thinks the Johnson twins are just the Johnson twins. There's something more behind that. It's coming. I'm convinced. They're both the seeker. Oh, dude, it's so funny you said that. I was going to say the ugly one's the seeker. Just cram them both in the tin can. One. Anyway. You know, I hate that question too, Jim, so. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. Oh, Here's man. my eighth question. Seeker, important or most important? <laughs> uh, uh, important. Okay. <laughs> Let's go with important. I'll give you important. My ninth question. Jesus Christ. Malcolm and Angel, taboo or let's do it? I don't know. <laughs> I gotta go. Okay. You scared him <laughs> off, guys. Good job. <laughs> well, yes, thanks for tonight. joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Jim, you're going to have a hell of a time editing this thing down. Down? No, this all no goes way. in. It's all this goes is in. This, this is, is content. Uncut. We yeah. use every part of the buffalo here. Yeah, right. it's very rare that I have to cut anything, except if, uh, like, 
technical difficulties arise. Gotcha. No, this is good. This is a, It's been a pleasure, guys. It's been way too long, so yeah, I appreciate definitely. you having me on. Can't wait for Copra. Yeah. Can't wait for maybe all six months to a, six month to a year. We'll have you back on. Follow up. Hell yeah! If you let us, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I could talk. I'll pick another favorite issue. We'll talk about that. Sweet. And uh, again, Copra number one, October second. Hit up your stores now. Tell them that you want it on nice. your pull list asap. And that's in that's in the new issue of previews, right? Yep, the latest previews number three seventy one. And it's available. It's got a. It's in the image section. So hit them up. And the trades are available for the first thirty-one issues, right? One, and it, there are five trades out right now. Yep, all five trades are out. We have an image first uh, version of the very first issue, which just for a dollar you could get the first issue. Um, everything's available. Comicsology. Every retailer could get a hold of them. Uh, so no excuses, guys. Go out and get them. <laughs> Listen to the man. You right, will not cool. be sorry. Yeah, you won't be. Well, thanks Great again. Time. Appreciate it. We'll see you around. Of course. Take it easy. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, if you uh, like this episode, got comments, questions, send it to savagefincast at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our website, savagefincast.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can also find us on Google Play Podcast now. Uh, that is a new that is a new service that we got set up a few a few weeks ago. Um, find us on Twitter. Uh, I think we got what are we at at, at Savage Fincast. Yeah, mm-hmm. it should be something like that. Something. Like if you that. look up fin- Savage Fincast, you'll find it. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you.